the Chargers were absolutely blown out at home on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks, and the biggest concern has to be the continued struggle of the Chargers offense. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons, but this is our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen on this excruciating day to be a Chargers fan after their blowout loss, but to make sure you never miss live streams and post games and whatever we got going on, make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. Let's start with this, David. There's fault on both sides for the Chargers here, who I think were exposed in a big way, just kind of like they did in the Jacksonville Jaguars game, right? Chargers offense is beat up, but two turnovers, getting themselves in an early deficit. Six drives where the Chargers are unable to come away with points is absolutely where we have to start. Justin Herbert doesn't look right either. But then we'll get into the defensive side of things, where, again, big plays end up dooming them early on. They end up losing J.C. Jackson, which we'll get to as well. And even though they gave the Chargers offense a chance to get back into this game, there's still not a ton of positives to take away from that side. But today's episode is of Locked On Chargers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy app that's making it easy for you guys. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code Locked On. And David. What are the? There are excuses you could make for the Chargers' offense, but I'm just really not buying on too many of them right now because at a certain point, enough is enough. And this Chargers' offense got them in trouble early in this game. A turnover on downs, two turnovers early on that really contribute to a 17 to zero deficit in six consecutive drives where they don't come away with anything. Five punts, one turnover on downs. It was excruciating to watch. This offense is abysmal. Every receiver after Mike Williams was, you know, failed to make an impact in this game because, I mean, Keenan Allen really was in and then he was out for the rest of the game early on. Yeah, what can you say about the offense at this point? I mean, I'm 100% concerned about this offense, and this was an embarrassing showing to me in this game. It was. It was extremely embarrassing, and watch, watching this football game, it just didn't feel like the Chargers had any energy. It just didn't feel like they had a lot of life, and really <laughs> what energy they did have was sucked out immediately. The first offense, first three offensive drives, Turnover on downs, the interception, fumble. Like, that's the worst way to start a football game. How do you get into any kind of rhythm if you're doing that to start the game? And then, of course, that leads to getting down huge on the scoreboard, which completely takes you out of your offensive game plan and forces you to throw the ball to get into more predictable looks. And then that's where it becomes a lot easier to play defense. Yeah, and I mean... uh everyone's going to be calling for Joe Lombardi and I have to agree. I mean, there's hard, there's really no way to kind of defend the offensive play calling and execution. I mean, it's always hard to parse how much of it is the lack of execution, how much of it is the lack of talent the Chargers have offensively missing Donna Barham, Josh Kelly, Jalen Guyton, most of Keenan Allen in this game. Of course, it just wasn't good enough and it's affecting Justin Herbert because yes, he is dealing with a rib cartilage fracture, right? And that is something that is also, you can't really tell how much that's affecting him, but he didn't look good especially at the beginning of this game. I mean, the and the protection was, wasn't good either. The protection no, was horrible. 
No, I mean, the, the protection wasn't good at all. But, I mean, there was definitely chances there. It just seemed like the offensive spacing, what they're trying to do and the calls that they're making are just not working. It did open up for a little bit and then went right back into a box in the middle of this game, those six consecutive drives. But Justin Herbert, bad decision on the interception. Yeah. DeAndre Carter was never open. And DeAndre no. Carter, I think we're just kind of learning to cannot be depended on as an NFL receiver week in and week out in a major role in an offense. That's never really been what his career has been. Right. And I think that was exposed in this game, too. But Justin Herbert, even on the forced fumble, right, the sack where he gets strip sacked from behind, I can't really blame that all on Trey Pipkins because Justin Herbert had space. That's not his blind side. He has to step up into the pocket there. Yeah. There's some really bad decisions there, and I think he's getting affected by the bad play calling, the lack of weapons that he has around him. And it is, you know, getting harder to defend some of what he's been able to do, and you just know that he's dealing with so much there. But, I mean, to me – it's, it's hard to see him start going the way he's been going the last few weeks, even though I'm not worried about him. I know he's going to be great because he is great. Still, this is super troublesome. It is. I mean, the, the, the version of Justin Herbert that we're seeing right now, I mean, you, you have to consider all the circumstances around you. You of can't course. run the football well. You don't have a lot of weapons to throw the, the football to. You can't really stretch the field. You don't really have any speed there. And the protection is breaking down. It's really hard to play quarterback in the NFL when all of those things are working against you. And oh, by the way, the play calling is not really, you know, being utilized to emphasize what your quarterback does best. Right. So all of those things are working against Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert is out there forced to do whatever he can to try to keep the Chargers competitive. It's just that's a lot to have to overcome. Yeah, it is. I mean, he still has guys like Austin Eckler. He still has guys like Mike Williams, or he did for most of this game. You know, he still has Gerald Everett, who I thought had a pretty good game uh, in this one, as he should have in a really good matchup. But, like, the running game is non-existent. No, yeah, <laughs> 53 completely. rushing yards in a game that most of that came late in the game, right? Yeah. Because you did get off your game plan early on when you got in that huge deficit. All the buttons that seem to be getting pressed correctly by Joe Lombardi in the running game seem to have all fallen by the wayside the last couple of weeks. And last week, it's like, okay, yeah, you're going up against the Broncos defense. What's the excuse this week against the Seahawks? I mean, they know yeah, the Seahawks down 17 defense, to nothing. Totally. I mean, they, the Seahawks defense has played better over the last couple of weeks, but they were throttling the Chargers offensive line. They couldn't get anything yeah. going in the running game, right? Got pressure with, you know, lesser rushers that we've seen them have to go against already earlier in the season. And I think for the Chargers offense, when you don't have a running game to help at all, it just feels like, again, we're in a situation where unless Justin Herbert's great, which he hasn't been, right, unless he's just absolutely fantastic and firing on all cylinders, this team can't win, which means is your offense coordinator getting the most out of the weapons he has left? Do the Chargers have the personnel to kind of fill in for the guys they've been missing? I mean, it seems like you'd be hard to answer yes to either of those. I don't think I don't I don't know how you can. I mean, and it seems like. This is the reason why we've been screaming to add more explosive speed talent to this roster. It was a clear hole. It is even more so now that the Chargers have had to deal with injuries. I mean, when you lose one of the best possession receivers in the NFL for the better part of the season and you have to force guys from the practice squad to kind of have to come and step up and replace that type of production, it's impossible to do. And the Chargers with a guy who has a big arm you know that can really throw it down the football field you don't really have anybody out you know now that Jalen Guyton's been uh, injured that can go out there and go get the football so it just begs the question I mean is this the right type of skill position players to really get the best out of Justin Herbert it just doesn't seem to be the case yeah and I mean I think it's more than just a speed issue I mean I think the speed is definitely something that holds this offense back and hurts the spacing and things like that 
yeah, Jalen Guyton helped with some of that, but like, I think it's just an overall talent at the position, right? right. After Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I mean DeAndre yeah. Carter, even Josh Palmer, Michael Bandy, I love him, but like he is a practice squad player. Jason Moore yeah. is not an NFL receiver at this point in his career, right? These are guys that are taking off the scrappy, basically. You add that in with, you know, obvious passing situations, a lack of a running game, and just right. overall just not being on the same page with these dudes who he's not throwing to very often. You're going to get performances like the one we saw on Sunday that looked anything but a like a playoff team. I mean, it's hard to look at what the Chargers did going into the bye and say, hey, this team's going to finish strong after the break and, and make a run and look a lot better. I mean, getting Keenan Allen fully healthy is obviously going to help but it still feels like there's not enough in that receiver room right now for the Chargers, especially now with Mike Williams potentially banged up. And that is something they're going to have to consider with this bye week coming up. But the Chargers defense was also pretty bad as well. I mean, as much yeah. as I think they gave the Chargers offense a chance to get in this game, it was still the same story. I mean, J.C. Jackson got picked on early on before he ended up getting hurt. And that was obviously an unfortunate play. And then another 74 yard rushing touchdown, another 70 plus yard rushing touchdown, multiple this season, another 40 plus yard rushing. So it's just been so bad and almost hysterical at certain times for this Chargers defense. And there's a lot of questions that I just don't really have. I think I think the Chargers have an answer for right now defensively or the players to do it. So we're going to talk about the defense coming up after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about something. That's really cool that I just found out about. This episode is brought to you by Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower risk alternative to sports betting, and the athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand. You can basically buy shares of your favorite players, and those shares are going to go up and down based on if they have a good game or not, especially if you know like a good rookie or someone that looks good in Chargers camp. You can get on that investment early and it can pay off for you at prediction strike i mean if you had rashad penny up until his injury he was up 154 percent jalen hurts one year ago was down 48.2 percent than where he is right now you see athletes skyrocketing on the other hands kyle pitt someone who comes in and is great right away he's now down 44.12 percent after struggling to start this season but unlike other sports betting companies this is actually getting the players involved the athletes benefit to and are entitled to a percentage of the market cap everyone knows you should be investing but why not invest in what you actually know and see on the football field download the prediction strike app strike app right now use the promo code locked for a free share when you sign up and make a deposit of 20 dollars or more that's promo code locked for a special one-time giveaway prediction strike will choose one person who signs up with code locked and make it and makes a deposit to win a hundred free random shares that could be worth up to three thousand dollars if you end up getting Josh Allen shares. Invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market for sports. I also have to tell you guys about something else that's really exciting, especially if you have a special moment that you need to celebrate, and it is BlueNile.com. Whether you're looking to pop the question, have a milestone to celebrate, or want to love, want to let your love sparkle, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly lower than what you normally pay. I love Blue Nile because you can absolutely customize exactly what you want. I know for my wife, when I had something I needed to get her something for, she is very particular. So she told me exactly what the size and the cut was that she wanted and is able to customize the ring that I got for her on BlueNile.com. Shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and shipped free to your house, and you can get it in a discreet package so you don't blow the surprise. They also offer overnight shipping if you're in a rush. Make your moment sparkle with BlueNile.com. Go to BlueNile.com and use the code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your first purchase of $500 or more. 
That's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Code locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com. Code locked on. Well, David, it's hard to validate any part of the Chargers as a team, I guess, from this game when you get, you know, embarrassed before the bye week and drop to four and three. And defensively for me, I mean, it was a lot of the same problems, right? It's the explosive plays. And let's start, I mean, just by saying, hey, they got off on the bad foot because the Chargers offense didn't help them out. You get an interception on the first drive of the game by the Seahawks where Asante Samuel Jr. makes a great play, batting a pass up in the air, and Kenneth Murray takes it inside Seahawks territory, catching that interception. And then you also, you know, just have nothing from the offense after that. They don't score. They turn the ball over on downs. And then they have a fumble and an interception that end up, uh, you know, setting up points for the Seahawks. But, David, it's the big plays again. I mean, Marquise Goodwin getting two touchdowns in this game. Sante Samuel Jr. has a great moment in the beginning of the game, you know, forcing an interception basically, and then gets beat badly by Marquise Goodwin on third and 15, David. Like, it's just stuff like that where it's like, that's bad coaching. That's bad execution. That's bad everything. If your player doesn't know that he can't get beat deep on that play, which I'm sure Asante Samuel Jr. does, like there's just no excuses for games or like plays like that. And it just seems like they're happening more and more often. Well, and who is Marquise Goodwin before this game, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, I mean, we knew about DK Metcalf. We knew about Tyler Lockett, but Marquise Goodwin be is wide the receiver guy? three on the Chargers right now. I can tell you that part. De- maybe. Yeah, definitely. Maybe wide receiver two, <laughs> depending on the injuries. Who's playing? Stuff, yeah. But- yeah, I mean, two touchdowns for the guy, and he had a big day, but it wasn't even just that. And it wasn't just one third and 10 plus. They gave up yeah. multiple third and 10 pluses in this game. There is nothing more frustrating as a fan than watching your team give up a third and 10 plus. It's like yeah. you have to get off the football field there. Those are supposed to be where you get, pin your ears back and go tear the quarterback's head off. That did not happen. Credit to Geno Smith. He made some good throws, got him out of those situations, but you have to get off the field in those situations. And they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, I I thought that, you know, the pressure was inconsistent, right? You know, we'll talk about the run defense, which was bad as well. But yeah, you have two plays like that. I mean, Marquise Goodwin ends up beating J.C. Jackson on a play where J.C. Jackson has to get carted off the field. And we'll talk about kind of the impact of that in the next segment. But he was in the right position, right? Looked like he's maybe getting ready for a pick. And then right as he's going up for the ball, he grabs the back of his knee on the way down. Marquise Goodwin has his second touchdown of the game. But the run defense, David, I mean, we were worried about it coming in. And and for the exact reasons that ended up playing out. I mean, they just had given up a ton of explosive runs. And in this game, they give up a 74-yard touchdown run by Kenneth Walker. But he was kind of piecing up piecing them up regardless. Like, they had a couple good tackles for us and things like that. But the Chargers defensive line was getting moving like getting totally moved and there was wide open spaces. And overall, the Chargers give up 214 rushing yards to the Seahawks in this one and just get absolutely diced up. Kenneth Walker looks incredible. I yeah, mean, I want a Kenneth Walker too. My goodness. I, I, I Can can I get one of those? I mean, yeah. th- this, this guy is fantastic. 23 carries, 168 yards, 7.3 yards per carry. And it doesn't yeah. even matter. You take away the 74-yard touchdown, he still nearly has 100 yards rushing. So he was going crazy. He's really hard to bring down. He was he's, His jump cuts, his explosiveness, all the things that I was worried about, all the things I was scared, scared about going into this game, they all manifested themselves 
in this game before our very eyes. We got to see all yeah. of those things come to fruition against a Chargers run defense who has repeatedly given up big play after big play after big play on the ground. And this game against this running back, you figured it was going to happen. You were hopeful that it didn't. Well, it happened. And it was a big reason why the Chargers really struggled on defense in this game. Yeah, and I mean, the run defense was supposed to be like their shining improvement, right? That was supposed to be the unit that had gotten a lot better from last year to this year. And I mean, they had Sebastian Joseph down there. They had Austin Johnson, right? And they had all the the guys that are supposed to be making a difference out there. I mean, Chris Rump is just a total liability on the edge as an edge defender in the run game. I watched him get, you know, hip-tossed by a tight end today. So, like, they just have some personnel problems without Joey Bosa. Yeah, he covers up a lot of those issues. But this game reminded me a lot of the Jacksonville Jaguars game where I thought that the Chargers did give the uh, the defense at least gave the offense a chance to get back in this game in the middle of it, right? They held into a field goal after a turnover by the Chargers offense, which was really clutch. I mean, they had a couple of turnovers in their own right to get the Chargers back in this game at the beginning of it, but they started to run out of gas. That 74-yard touchdown came out, you know, right in the middle of the Chargers' huge offensive slump in this game where the Chargers offense went 36 minutes of game time without scoring a point offensively. They get the safety when the Seahawks were, you know, borderline about to blow this game open, right? And they made it an 11-point game early on in the fourth quarter, a prime opportunity for the Chargers offense to get back into it. And it's like, I thought they did enough, and then just at the end, it ends up looking worse than it probably actually was. Obviously, you have the J.C. Jackson injury on a touchdown. That sucks. You have, you know, multiple scores set up by offensive turnovers. Like, there's nothing you can do about those. But I do think they did give the Chargers offense a chance to come back in this game. Yeah, they did. They, I mean, they, they they did. They got some pressure. They got the interception early. They were able to get that safety. I mean, they they were you know trying very, very hard to keep this thing close. And I think there was a point in time to where it was achievable for the Chargers yeah. to come back in this football game. But after you, you get bludgeoned over and over and over again, it's hard to to come back in those situations when you're on the, you're on the field defensively for a large part of this football game, you're just going to run out of gas. And, and you know, the, the Seattle Seahawks were running the football extremely well. They were passing up opportunistically. Geno Smith didn't have a great stat line, but he was very efficient on the day. The throws that he did make, they were all throws that helped them move down the football field and, you know, extend drives. So, the, the Chargers de- defensively, they, they did what they could to keep this game from getting out of hand. But unfortunately, at the end, it did. Yeah, I mean, when your offense keeps going three and out, right, when you keep having these short drives and then you have, you know, the Seahawks opening up the second half with their first drive of the game going, you know, over 10 minutes. Like yeah. that's a ton of time for your defense to be on the field. On the the field. defense ends yeah. up getting out of it with a field goal. And that's just another moment where you're like, all right, can the Chargers offense get a touchdown here and change the complexion of this game? Can they drive? Can they give their defense a breather? It just didn't happen. And this isn't to make excuses by the Chargers defense. They have problems, obviously, right? They still got diced up in the running game. They still had, you know, bad plays in the secondary. And Michael Davis got picked on a little bit, too. I didn't think it was that bad, but they immediately went after him once he entered the game for J.C. Jackson. I mean, just personnel issues. You know, now it could be Joey Bosa and J.C. Jackson missing significant time but if jc jackson you know has to miss the rest of the season if mike williams is going to be out for a month like this is just going to put a spotlight on the biggest you know questions that the chargers already have so we're going to talk about the impact of those injuries and kind of what has to come next for the chargers coming up right after this but i do need to tell you guys about my favorite daily fantasy site and of course i'm talking about price picks hopefully you guys took a lot of the offensive less than's 
in this one if you were going with the Chargers on Price Picks. But what I love about Price Picks is it's you versus the Price Pick projections, right? It's not a, a year long fantasy where you have to be stuck with the same guys you have all year. You can go in and find the players you think have the best matchup. And if you think Price Picks has a too low of a projection, basically, you can go exactly after that. And you can pick two to five players if they go and score more or less than their projections. You win, and you can even win up to 10 times your money on any single entry. But Price Picks offers projections not just for football. You can also go NFL or NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, even college football. But I love it. I mean, I love going in and finding where I think I can, you know, find a something that I think they have way too low of a projection on. And those are the ones that you pick with Price Picks. Right now, guys, download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com and sign up for Daily fantasy sports, the best place to play. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. Well, David, insult was added to injury in this one because not only did the Chargers kind of get exposed in a lot of ways, they lost a couple of very important players. And let's start with J.C. Jackson. And I know a lot of people, I even saw some people, you know, saying it was a good thing that J.C. Jackson got hurt, which is like something I'm never going to condone, never going to really correct yourself. Don't don't ever say anything like that. These are human beings before they're football players. There's no absolutely no room for that kind of talk. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to patronize everyone out there, you know, or say like anything that I'm sure that those people should already know already. But like, it's not even that, David. I mean, he went down, looked like a non-contact injury. He had to get carted off the field in a, you know, air cast for his leg. It looks like he could be done for the season. You never know. I'm not going to just project that. They're saying it's a dislocated knee. They just don't know what the extent of the damage that was uh, coming from that dislocation. So Sure. So, exactly. We're going to have to see. You know, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, as opposed to a torn ACL or torn MCL or something like that, we know is a season-ending injury. Right. I mean, that's obviously better. But this is the bigger part for me, David, right? The best version of the Chargers defense came with J.C. Jackson figuring it out. Like it started to become less and less clear if he ever would, but the like the the ceiling of this defense has J.C. Jackson out there with his turnover ability, with him settling into this defense. It hadn't happened yet, but that was one of the hopes that you could still have for this defense. Like he was an important part of it. Michael Davis, we'll see what happens, right? Because he's going to yeah. get tested a lot because Asante Samuel yeah. Jr. Even with the touchdown allowed, has still been playing really, still really, really well. Good. Yeah, one hundred percent. But like. Don't get it twisted. I mean, if J.C. Jackson would have figured it out, if he could have started taking the ball away and he had a couple of you know opportunities in this game where he had really, really good coverage, that yeah. would have been the best thing for this Chargers defense, not him missing extended time. Now, this is the worst thing that could happen, could have happened for J.C. Jackson and for the Chargers, who were hopeful that you, know, you were going to see a J.C. Jackson who was going to rededicate himself to getting into the playbook, to getting to spending extra time before – you know, everyone else comes in after everyone leaves. Like he really was trying to dedicate himself to improving and being the type of player that the Chargers invested in. And then the worst thing that could possibly happen happens to him where he suffers a potentially season ending injury. And it just what a disastrous first year for J.C. Jackson in the Chargers uniform, just where you figured that there's still time for him to really turn it around and be that guy that we know that he is. You don't get 25 interceptions in the NFL if you're not a good quality football player. So we know that that's who J.C. Jackson is. He just unfortunately never got the chance to show us that. 
Yeah, and I mean, it, it's brutal from the Chargers perspective, too, because it's like you don't know how much of an issue corner is going to be going into next year right now if yeah. he's not able to come back. We'll see, you know, but now asking him to rehab an injury and then get integrated into a Chargers defense he was already struggling to when he was, you know, trying to recover from the ankle surgery that supposedly kind of held him back at the beginning of the year. Like, that's just a lot to ask. It's, yeah. like, it, it was hard to imagine him getting a lot better going into even this game, right? But now it, the the hill is even steeper and now even going forward just at a five-year contract right you don't really know what you have in him still because what we saw wasn't good and now he doesn't get the chance to kind of flip the narrative and, and that's yeah. what really sucks for him the most but there was one guy who had been coming through in most games this season and that was mike williams who was clearly the chargers best wide receiver on the field by a lot it wasn't close and it has been you know since keenan allen has left this yeah. you know week one against the Raiders in that game. So like Mike Williams is a huge part of this Chargers offense. We already talked about before how the Chargers wide receiver depth got exposed a little bit in this game. And, and David, I mean, that did not look good. I mean, Mike oh. Williams could not put any pressure on it as he was basically getting carried off of the field. And I already were wondered about the overall talent level of the Chargers wide receiver room. So this is absolutely brutal. Oh, it's horrible. His leg was bent in a way that it's not meant to be bent. I think he and, caught that first down too, honestly. Yeah. But, oh, he yeah. definitely did. Uh, I, I just that that one was crushing. Another and insane. You know, thing. Mike is tough as nails. You know, he cares. You know, he loves this team. You know, he really puts everything he has out there on the field for his for his team. I mean, you know that. That's who Mike Williams is. It was a big reason why they brought him back and signed him to this contract. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. That he's going to keep him out for an extended period of time. But man. If that happens, it's just an absolute massive loss to this Chargers yeah. offense that is already starting to look anemic and didn't really have anybody else that can make plays because Mike Williams can make plays. When he has the ball in his hands, he can do things. He's one of the best contested catch receivers in the NFL. And now you take that element out of the Chargers offense. It's just it gives you a feeling of what do, what do we do? Yeah, I mean, he's the one guy the Chargers have where you could feel like, hey, even though the Chargers aren't getting a lot of separation in their receiving room right now, you can throw it to him anyways. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the only guy they have like that. So now right. the lack of separation from everybody else is going to be even more magnified because they don't have that guy that in case of emergency button that they can press, which is, hey, yeah, throw, it class, right? throw it to Mike Williams and he'll figure it out. Like, yeah. that's been, you know, the Chargers offense and a lot of big moments this year have come down yeah. to Mike Williams making an incredible play. And I'd say for the most part, you know, besides one game where he kind of got shut out since Keenan Allen's been out, he has been picking up the bulk of this offense. Last week, I mean, he was closer to having a much bigger game than his final stat line showed. He almost made a couple incredible catches then. Yeah. This offense has already struggled mightily. Now you're losing another $20 million receiver potentially for the foreseeable future. I mean, to me, David, this has to kind of light a fire under this Chargers front office right now, right? Getting this one loss right here, I think, has to show them this is not enough what the Chargers have right now. And we're going to get more into it tomorrow. But, like, there's one thing we know for sure, David. Something has to change going into this bye week because you're probably not getting Mike Williams back during this bye week. You'll get a Keenan Allen back, but he's only going to solve so much the Chargers don't have the pieces that they need and this is their best chance to kind of add on before the trade deadline and while they still have time to try to incorporate someone new into this offense yeah this would be the perfect time and yes Daniel the sirens should be blaring and they should be deafening yeah. they should be deafening because this Chargers offense is not good they have to bring somebody in to inf invoke some change 
to really provide some excitement into this offense because they just don't have it right now. And this is the time to do it. You bring them in, you try to put them on that fast track to get them into this offense, get them comfortable as much as you possibly can. And you have to do it. The, The Chargers offense right now is a big, big issue, and they need to inject some life right into it. Yeah, and I mean, that's only going to, you know, help the running game so much. Like, there's so many things that they have to figure out, but to, you know, stand pat and not do as much as you possibly can in one of the the prime seasons of Justin Herbert's career, it just can't be. Like, if you're going to make the all-in moves in the offseason, right, as we gave Tom Telesco credit for doing, that has to continue into this season. You cannot, if you don't do anything, it feels a lot of ways like you're folding up on what you could potentially be this season. Yeah. Sure, I, I'm not saying you have to go trade away a first and a second round pick and make some blockbuster move, but to stand pat to me, I think would be egregious. And we're going to talk about that more on tomorrow's show when we get into our buy or sell, because it might be time to make a change at offensive coordinator. Maybe this bye week represents the perfect time to move on from Joe Lombardi because, hey, you don't want to call for rolling heads, you know, this early into his second season, right? But the red flags are there. This team might need a different voice offensively, and they definitely are going to need or offensively, and they're definitely going to need some different pieces in this team if they want to continue after the bye week making a push towards the playoffs because this is a fringe playoff team. So we're going to talk about what the Chargers have to do next on tomorrow's show to make sure you don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribing to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also following the show for free wherever you get your podcast from because, the guys, <laughs> there's a lot we have to get into, but guess what? I mean, the Chargers still have Justin Herbert. There's still a lot of things can get a lot better, but the Chargers not can't stand by and hope that it just – falls into their laps they have to be proactive about it then make sure you guys also don't miss it you can find us on all of our social media you can find me on twitter at dan talk sports i show, share the show every day david does as well on his twitter at dro talk sd you can find the show's twitter at lockdown lac and if you have any questions or want to get want to get your biggest questions in about this chargers roster you can call into 323-524-7924 on the lockdown chargers voicemail line we'll have some time to get into some of those venting sessions if you guys can keep them short enough, they will probably make it on the show. And there's a lot that we're going to have to get into. But you can also find us on Instagram at Locked On Chargers. You can find our Locked On Chargers Facebook page as well. Because we're going to have a ton of content coming up because we still are your team every day for free. And wherever you get your podcast from or on YouTube, you guys can always find us. If you need a second listen, though, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today, which is covering all of everything throughout the sports world and giving you little up to the minute kind of bits that you're not getting on places you used to like sports center. Peter Bogowski is great. Make sure you guys check him out there. If you want to keep up with everything going around, around the sports world, but we will be back with you guys tomorrow. Some big things to discuss. Additions have to be made and maybe some subtractions to the chargers coaching staff, but we will talk to you guys then until then take it easy and go bolts.